Second Chronicles chapter 34. And we will read from verse 1 onwards. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father, David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, he began to seek the God of his father, David. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places, the wooden images, the carved images, and the molded images. They broke down the altars of the Baal in his presence. <coughs> Excuse me. And the incense altars which were about them, he cut down. And the wooden images, the carved images, and the molded images, he broke in pieces and made dust of them and scattered it on the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He also burned the bones of the priests on their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. And so he did in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, as far as Naphtali and all around with Axis. When he had broken down the altars and the wooden images, he had beaten the carved images into powder and cut down all the incense altars throughout all the land of Israel. He returned to Jerusalem. Verse 8. In the 18th year of his reign, when he had purged the land and the temple, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, Messiah, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Johas, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. When they came to Hilkiah, the high priest, they delivered the money that was brought into the house of God, which the Levites who kept the doors had gathered from the hand of Manasseh and Ephraim, from all the remnant of Israel, from all Judah and Benjamin, and which they had brought back to Jerusalem. Then they put it in the hand of the foreman who had the oversight of the house of the Lord, and they gave it to the workmen who worked in the house of the Lord to repair and restore the house. They gave it to the craftsmen and builders to buy hewn stone and timber for beams and to floor the houses which the kings of Judah had destroyed. And the men did the work faithfully. We saw this yesterday, how all that um, the people had given, moved by the Lord. We saw the move of the Lord. God moved the king. The king responded to the move of the Lord at a young age. And then, <clears throat> sorry, and through him, God moved the people. And then the people moved according to the move of the Holy Spirit and they all gave. And then through through the king, God cleansed the 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 nation, the land, from all its abominations. Now, after all these things happened, we also saw how God is again moving the king to lead the people in the way that they should go. Now, they brought all the money that was collected to restore the house of God. And so, now, materials for the house of God and for the workmen there, Everything was given appropriately to get the work of God going. And then we also see that the move of God that came upon Josiah and upon the people to give came also came upon the people who worked. They all did the work of the Lord faithfully. Each and every single one, they all did whatever work that God had entrusted into their hands, whatever part was theirs, they did it 
faithfully to God. Their overseer was Jehat and Abadiah, the Levites of the sons of Merari, and Zechariah and Meshulam of the sons of the Kohathites to supervise. Others of the Levites, all of whom were skillful with instruments of music, were over the burden bearers and were overseers of all who did work in any kind of service. And some of the Levites were scribes, officers, and gatekeepers. Now, when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. Now, you have the king ready, the people ready, the temple is getting ready, but you don't have the book, it's no point. And this is where God is using the priest to find the book of God, the word of God. And once he found the word of God, he's bringing that to the to the king and he's showing the king, look, this is what the word says. And we see the response of the king. Just let's continue reading. Then Hilkiah, Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan. So Shaphan carried the book to the king, bringing the king word saying all that was committed to your servants they are doing so we saw this also yesterday how the move of god that came upon josiah came upon the people now came upon all the servants who were hired for work came upon the priests to get the word of god everything is going exactly the way it should go and the good report here is everything is happening exactly the way it should happen. And they and they have gathered the money that was found in the house of the Lord and have delivered it into the hand of the overseers and the workmen. Then Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. Thus it happened when the king heard the words of the law that he tore his clothes. Then the king commanded Hilkiah, Ahikam, the son of Shaphan, Abdon, the son of Micah, Shaphan, the scribe, and Isaiah, a servant of the king, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me and for those who are left in Israel and Judah concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out on us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do according to all that is written in this book. Now, the priest found the Bible, the priest found the word of God and the word of God is brought to the king and the king gets to read the word of God and he says, Oh my God, this is what God's word says. We are in big trouble, serious trouble here. And we need to find out what needs to be done. And now just reading is not sufficient. We need God's spirit to give the revelation. There has to be the input that comes from God to show you what needs to be done. You have the words, you see it, but the application part, you need God. And so the spirit of God is moving, moving again. He's moving. God is moving in a mighty way from the king to the priest, the people in between, the workers in between. God is moving all over the land. And so what happens here? The king is, Saying, now, we have the priest who got the word, but we need revelation. The revelation comes from God. And he said, 
we need to inquire of the Lord. And anytime you see that inquiring of the Lord, they go to a prophet or a prophetess. Now, here we see when the king says, we need to go and inquire of the Lord. We need to find out what happened. What happened here? We see the problem, but we don't have the solution. We see here, verse 21, this is what the king says, go inquire of the Lord for me and for those who are left in Israel and Judah concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured uh, put out on us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do according to all that is written in this book. So Hilkiah and those the king had appointed went to Huldah, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tokta, the son of Hazra, keeper of the wardrobe. She dwelt in Jerusalem in the second quarter and they spoke to her to that effect. So now they need to know what God has to say. They have to go and find a prophetess that God had in that land. They had a priest already. They didn't say, well, priest has the word and he read it. That's enough for us. And let's all, you know, just cry out and they cry out and cry out. And perhaps God hears, let's do our own thing. No, they, they knew. Okay. Now we have the words. Well, we need to know the mind of God. Let's go to the one who can actually reveal the mind of God to us and See the move of God. He's moving the people so precisely. The Bible says he will lead the blind by the way that they do not know. You know why? Because they're willing to be led. See, the day we come to the place of total surrender where we say, God, I know that I'm blind. Lord, I can't hear. I can't see. I need your help. I can't even walk. Lord Jesus, you lead me and I will follow. As I'm speaking, what? Illustration that the Holy Spirit brings before me is a father carrying his little son upon his back. As he's carrying and going, the little son holds on to the father tightly. Little hands around the neck and little legs around the waist. Holding on tightly. The father is climbing up the hill. As he's climbing up the hill, the son is holding on tightly. Higher and higher and higher the father goes. The father is the one who is actually climbing, climbing up and climbing up and climbing up. But the son is holding on. Let me tell you something. The father is actually working harder than the son. He's actually climbing. And he's carrying the son. At the same time, the son is also working The son is working. You know what he's doing? He's keeping his hands and his legs where they need to be so that he doesn't fall. Very important. God carries us. Yes. He who began a good work in us will bring it to completion. Yes. Yes. And what I commit to him, he is able to keep it until that day. Yes. At the same time, we need to be keepers of our soul that means that which god has entrusted into our hands we need to keep that we need to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling that's what that's a very beautiful balance because the father is caring doesn't mean you can just go eh, with both your hands and legs and fall and say you didn't carry me properly you said you would carry yeah i said i'll carry you but doesn't mean that you let go doesn't mean that you become irresponsible no, you are responsible for your safety. 
as much as he is responsible for you because he loves you. He doesn't have to, but he loves you. Out of his love, he says, I will carry you. When he says, through the troubled waters, I will carry you. Through the fiery trials, I will carry you. These are all promises of God. I will carry you. I will carry you. And he is faithful. But as he carries and as we keep going upward, it is important for us to hold on. You can't say, how long, how long? I'm holding on. My arms are hurting. My legs are hurting and, and start complaining. You're not walking. He's the one who's doing the walk. God is working in you to will and to do his good pleasure. But you need to do your job. You need to do your job. You want to stay safe in the arms of Jesus. Make sure you hold on to his arms. It is important to understand your responsibility. When God moves, when God moves, when the spirit of God moves, when God moves and God works, it's important for you to understand, oh, God is working. That means you got to do something. When God is working, you got to do something. When he is moving you to do something, it's important for you to do something. At that time, you can say, well, I'll just sit down. He is working. He is working. He is working all the time, all the time, all the time. I am sleeping. I am sleeping all the time, all the time, all the time. And when I get up, everything will look done. No, it will not. When he is working all the time, it's important to hear, say, speak, Lord, for I will listen and obey. Because while he is working, he will tell you to do something. While he is working, he will say, I'm giving something to you, get it. But if you are sleeping and sleeping all the time, all the time, all the time, oh, I trust him, but I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping all the time, all the time, spiritually sleeping. Oh, how can you receive? How can you position yourself to receive that which God has for you? If you are spiritually not connected to what God is doing at the hour. God is speaking to our hearts at this time. It is important for you to understand the time of God, the time of your visitation. When God is doing something or when God is about to do something, it is important to be sensitive to the spirit of God and to know that this is the move of God Almighty. This is the move of God Almighty. This is the move of God Almighty. This is the move of the Holy Spirit that is taking place at this hour. So important to be connected with what God is doing in our midst. So we see here, the king, young king, was so sensitive to the spirit of God. He says, go find out from me what God has to say. How many of you here are keen on finding out what God has to say about your life? What God has to say about what you're doing? It's not like, I'm doing this. I know it's okay. Or I'm thinking this. I don't think it's bad. Or I'm justifying or I'm trying to make excuses or even reason. If we bring all these things before God, you're not going to hear God at all because you've already blocked your ears to counsel. You already say, Lord, I know everything, by the way. I know your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But you know what? My feet are already glowing. My eyes are already glowing. I can already see. Those are people who claim to see, but they're blind. It's a very sad state. So have this understanding in your mind. When the move of God is taking place, it's important to go with the flow of the spirit. We saw this a couple of days ago. If God tells you to get out and get out with haste, you have to do that right away. 
At that point, you can't say, I won't act like I'm faithless. I will go slowly. We shouldn't. No. God is working in our midst in a mighty way. We need to move with the flow of the Holy Spirit. When God tells us to do something, we do. God comes and then he shows his power. So we see here the move of God. God moved the king. God moved the people. God moved the king. And then through the king, God moved the priest. And then the move of God had him find that word of God. And then he brings it to the king. The priest didn't say, okay, I'm going to do my own thing now. And they all feared the Lord and they all did their own thing. No, they all knew how to follow God's divine order. It takes back the king. Then the king says, okay, now we need to hear from the Lord. Go. Let's hear from the Lord. They go straight to Huldah, the prophetess. So when they went there, you know, like I said, they didn't say, Lord, speak to me, 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 and sit down and say, speak to me. No. They knew the God-ordained means that was there. And they went. And when they went, God used Huldah, the prophetess, to tell them what was in God's mind, what God was going to do. So let's read this. Verse 22. So Hilkiah and those the king had appointed went to Huldah, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tokta, the son of Hazra, keeper of the wardrobe. So Huldah was a married woman. She was a prophetess of God. She dwelt in Jerusalem in the second quarter. I'm so glad how God puts details in here. Just like Deborah, the prophetess, she was the wife of Lapidoth. It so clearly shows how you can be a wife, you can be a mother, and you can be a servant of God. You can be someone who is used of God to lead a nation in the ways of the living God, even with the responsibilities you have in this world. And there are a lot of people who say, I can't do that, I have kids and I have a job, I have this and I have that. The more you give excuses, the more you'll be giving away even that which you have. Be like the man who had that one talent and he just gave that away because he was a man full of excuses. He just said every reason from his book, lazy book, you call that lazy man's lazy book, as to why he was not able to do anything useful with what he was entrusted with. Now, hold the prophet as she's doing her job. She is Walking in the call of God that God had placed her. So when they came to her, she answered them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel. Thus says the Lord God of Israel. She's prophesying now. She's speaking for God. She is the mouth of God. So she's speaking word for word what God is saying. She says, Tell the man who sent you to me. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants, all the curses that are written in the book, which they have read before the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me and burdened incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. 
Therefore, my wrath will be poured out on this place and not be quenched. But as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, in this manner you shall speak to him. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, concerning the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and against its inhabitants. And you humbled yourself before me and you tore your clothes and wept before me. I also have heard you, says the Lord. Surely I will gather you to your fathers and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. And your eyes shall not see all the calamity which I will bring on this place and its inhabitants. So they brought back word to the king. I'm going to stop here for a minute. You see, two groups of people here. One group belongs to those who really provoked God. These are people who said, we will do, we will do, we will do all that you said. And they just did the opposite. They just joined with the enemies of God and really hurt God, angered God. Now, it's payday, right? You sow evil, you will reap evil. You can't sow evil and expect good to happen. These people sowed evil. And what is happening? What did God say? All of you who sowed evil, you're going to reap evil. But then you have Josiah here. Someone who is opposite to all those who are going to reap evil. God is speaking to our hearts today. You want God to bless you. Be like Josiah. Be a tender-hearted person. Don't be rebellious. Don't be proud. Don't have a fist before God. Don't be someone who'll say that, I'm not going to listen to you. I'll do my own thing. Don't do that because it won't go well with you. Be like Josiah. Josiah was blessed by God. God spoke to him, I'll give you an honorable end, Josiah. No matter what bad things may happen to people in your own country, it's not going to happen to you. It's a promise God is giving to us. As long as we follow God faithfully, as long as our hearts are tender before God, always remember, external works, when I say external works, doing something for God, without repentance is not going to rectify what we did wrong. I'm going to say it again. Doing something for God without repenting will not rectify your sin before God. It's not going to wipe it away. It's not going to make it right. When we recognize our iniquities and we humble ourselves before God and cry out to God and repent and do what Josiah did. We will receive not only mercy from God, we will receive safety and protection from God Almighty. These are the people who can say, a thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. It's not for anyone and everyone. You know, when COVID came, a lot of people thought like Psalm 91 is a psalm that we can all take and we can all read and we can all say whatever we want to say because this psalm will somehow magically cover me. It's a magic psalm. No, it's not. You know to whom that psalm belongs to? The one who have chosen to dwell 
under the protection of God. Secret place. People who want to hide themselves in God. People who seek to be in the presence of God. Not to be seen and heard and do their own thing. For such people... Honor will come looking for them. For such people, wealth will come looking for them. For such people, peace will come looking for them. For such people, joy will come looking for them. For such people, calamity calamity may come all around, but it will not touch them. It will not touch them. Only good kind of pain they'll have. That means labor pain to have a baby. That's pain. But you know what? You end up having a baby. Such people will not go through unnecessary, unwanted, demonic, or pain that comes as a result of chastening. None of these things will be there. Such people will have productive pain. It's, it's, it's good pain. When your muscles hurt because you're exercising, it's good pain. If you're going through labor, you have pain. It's good pain. It's a good pain. We need to understand if we are in God and when we are in him, there are good pains that will come. Call that God-ordained paths. Those are good pains. We're walking with God and we go through something, something very painful. Always know that something big is going to come. Big is going to come. You know why? Because that's a good pain and good pain will always bring forth good things. But when it's not a good pain, that means you're not walking with God and you're just going down. Your graph is going down. It's just like a little bit like this and down. And you're always like a kid that sees on the first shelf and you're on the toes trying to get it, trying to get it, trying to get it, trying to get it. But you can't get it. Trying to reach, trying to reach, trying to reach, trying to reach. Too proud to call an adult to say, can you help me? Yeah. Those are the ones who will always be like this all through their lives, like this. Too proud to ask for assistance. Too proud. I'll try. There are some who will just try, put this and put that and end up falling down. Too proud to ask for help. Never do that. Never do that. God saw Josiah's humility. God saw Josiah's sincerity. God saw Josiah's integrity. God saw Josiah. God also saw the rest of the people. God sees you. If you sincerely humble yourself before God and do what Josiah did, God says, whatever judgment, whatever comes to others, whatever calamity that will come to others will not come to you. For you, God's special grace and special affection and special protection and and special words will come to you. What a difference. From the mouth of the prophetess, two verdicts are coming. Different. From the mouth of the prophetess, God is speaking to two groups of people. One group receives the judgment. Not so nice. The other one, one person, receives God's kindness, his love. God is speaking to hearts today. Be true to God. Be faithful to God. 
in every little thing, know that God is watching you. If you want to have the success that Josiah had in serving God and also as a king, that means both in his job as a king and his job as a spiritual king over here, as a leader that God had placed, he did well in his administration part to protect his nation as a king. He did well because he had God on his side. And as a king who banished idolatry and rebuilt the temple of God, the spiritual revolution, reformation that he brought through the spirit of God, he did well before God. He lived an upright life. The Bible says he did not turn to the right. He did not turn to the left. He was someone who did everything that God had put in his heart to do. And he didn't say, well, me, myself, and I, this is something that was sold to me. Now, this is where like we hear Hulda coming into the picture. We don't know before this how many times Hulda was there in Josiah's life to bring him to where he was to actually instruct him. Do this, do this, do this. If the Bible says everything clearly, then we won't have this size Bible. As God's word says, the whole world cannot contain if every detail is recorded there. But in this passage, we know where God is guiding this nation through this prophet is here. And when they needed to hear from God, this is where they came to. And so we know where his instructions would have come from. And he listened to every instruction that was given to him. And when he needed direction, he went and he got the direction from Huda, the prophetess here. And he executed that exactly the way God wanted him to. And so you see here, God is honoring him in front of even the people who came there. Said, you know what? This is how I'm going to bless you. This is how I'm going to honor you. Your life is not going to be like the rest of those people there. You are going to be in peace. You're going to live in peace and you're going to end in peace. And your eyes shall not see all the calamity that will come upon the place, this place, and the people of this place. Think about that. And they brought the word back to the king. Think about that. Think about that. He was a king who sought the Lord, who sought the counsel of God. Sometimes we can seek God for some things and then we think we know everything and then we run away. We are off. Go completely off track. God is speaking to us today. As God is bringing us to the end of this month, we need to know God will lead us. Precisely, he will lead us. He will show us which way we should go. The evil that will come around us will not touch us. We will have peace and safety. When trouble comes around us, we will have peace and safety. When famine comes all around us, God's people will have plenty. It's only God's people who will have plenty. Always remember that. Remember the Shunammite woman. She had plenty 
in famine. And the Bible says that he preserves his people during famine. Our God takes good care of his children. All faithful God. As we come to the close of this, this night's fasting and prayer. And almost to the end of this month. It's good to think of all the ways in which God has led you. All the blessings that God has given to you in the month of July. All the spiritual things God has done inside of you. And all the physical, mental, emotional, relational blessings God has given to you. Material blessings God has given to you. Think about these things. And thank him. Say, Lord, I want to be like Josiah. Josiah, he turned to the Lord. He clung to him. Whatever God spoke to him, he did it. God spoke to him through Hulda. He was led by the Lord. He took every word and he did it. And because he did what God told him to do, whomever he talked to, they were touched by the Spirit of God to do whatever Josiah told them to do. And all the people did whatever they were told to do because God was in their midst. This is a promise God is giving to you for the next month, August, and the rest of the months going into the next year. The divine favor of the Lord will go before you. God will cause people to work for you. The divine favor of the Lord will go before you. He will give you the people to work for you. The divine favor of the Lord will go before you. And all things will be done exactly the way God wants it to be done. God will finish that which he has begun. God will bring it to completion, that which he has started. That includes his work in you, and it includes his work through you. He will raise help from every direction. Heavenly help through man's hands. Heavenly help through man's voices. His hands will accomplish his will for your life. This is a word from God. God will move the hearts of the kings. God will move the hearts of the rulers. God will move the hearts of the magistrates. God will move the hearts of the officials. God will move the hearts of the workers. God will move the hearts of the laborers. God will move who ever is required to help you to get what needs to be get, which God has given into your hands. God says, it'll all be done. As long as you follow the blueprint of God, as long as you, you keep your eyes upon God, as long as you live like Josiah and lead like Josiah, 
the God of Josiah will be with you. And the God of Josiah will give laborers into your hands. People who need to stand by your side. To help you accomplish that which God wants you to accomplish. Hallelujah. This is who our God is. This is what he's going to do. This is what he's going to do for all those who listen and obey. This is what God will do. For all those who say, Lord, I will do whatever it takes to bring you into the picture. Remove the enemy out of the picture. Make people to worship you once more. I want to lead people to you, Lord. And God says, if that's what you want, I'll stand by you to give you everything you need to get that done. If that's what you want, I'll show you every step of the way what needs to be done. The question is, is that what you want? Is that what you want? The beggar, the lame man by the temple gate called Beautiful, he was sitting there and he was begging. When Peter and John went by that side, he was begging. He was asking for money. Moved by the Holy Spirit, Peter looked at him and he said, look at us. We're saying something important. Look at us. He made sure that he got his attention. Once he got his attention, he said, I don't have what you're looking for. But I do have what you actually need. This is a prophecy God is speaking in this hour. Many times they may be sitting like the lame man saying, oh God, silver, gold, silver, gold, silver, gold. But you're lame. Spiritually, you're lame. But you're saying, Lord, Give me something so that while I'm lame, I can still function. God says, I'm not here to keep you lame. I'm here to make you walk. When you walk, you'll have silver and gold because you'll be able to walk and get that which you need to get. But if you are lame, you'll get a few cents here. Maybe a dollar there and some kind-hearted person to give $10 there. And some very generous person, once in a blue moon, can give $100 there. That's it. Lame. God says, I want to remove your spiritual lameness. I want to remove that which is crippling you. Keeping you in a beggarly state. Materialism, being materialistic, is not the way to live. Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness will bring wealth to us so we can use it in the way that is honoring to God. God will multiply. He'll multiply. God blessed Isaac and he multiplied him a hundredfold of whatever he did, the crops he planted that year. Because God was able to trust Isaac. 
Isaac, when the harvest comes, it's going to be a hundredfold, but I know you're not going to waste it. I know you can handle that hundredfold. I know you can handle that hundredfold. You know, to whom the divine multiplication will come like jet speed? To those who can handle that hundredfold. So God is asking you this question. Do you want pennies and nickels and a dollar here and a hundred dollars there and occasionally and be sitting there lame or do you want your lameness to be gone so that you can have your life back so that you can have what that which you never had so you can have what you really really want to have it you don't even know you don't even think it's possible god says i want to change your destiny i want to change the way you live i want to change the way you think i want to change the way you act used to sitting and begging 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 begging what what is he begging he was begging for his stomach God said, I'm coming here. Not just for your stomach, for your soul first. I'm going to get you walking so that you can go into the house of God and worship God. Then you can have lots of food after that. Because your soul has been starving. Let that soul eat. God is speaking at this hour. First things first. Being lame and getting silver and gold is... Not good. That's like the foolish man. He said, I'll build a barn and build a bigger barn and a bigger barn and a bigger barn. And and the Bible says, God will look at him and say, oh fool, tonight if your life is required from you, that means tonight suddenly, if your time is over, you know what's going to happen to you. Whatever you built is just going to stay. Sometimes kids use it. Sometimes no one even uses it. They just take it and they sell it and nobody even looks at it. What's going to happen to you after that? You think about the place that you're going to live forever and ever and ever because this life is like this. It just goes. Life is like a vapor. It just goes by so fast. So fast. So fast. If we don't take to heart now, we may never have the time to think if we don't pause if you don't hit the brakes when you have to you will crash if you don't pause to take care of your soul then your soul can have a fatal accident if you don't take care of your soul if you don't give importance to your soul now you have lots of regrets later because your soul will live forever Time goes by so fast. People before us who were there, they're gone. We need to pause and think a lot about where we're going to go. Because if the call comes, am I ready and do I have enough for my forever home? This world is not my home. While we are passing through all the blessings that God gives to us, family, 
house, vehicles, whatever God gives to us. We need to use it with this in mind. That God is giving this to me for now. So I can use it for his glory. But I hold on to everything in a way that brings glory to God. But never let it have a hold on me. You're responsible. You're not going to say, I'm going to hold everything loosely and let it fall. No. You're going to hold it in a way that will bring glory to God. That means you are responsible with everything that God has given to you. Everything from your vehicle to your house, whatever God has given to you, for your, from your spouse to your kids to grandkids, whoever it is. If God has given them to you, then you're responsible. Make sure you treasure them. Make sure you give them Jesus. Make sure you lead them to the still waters. Make sure you feed their souls. One life. It'll soon just go like the vapor is gone. But in this one life, if we learn to live, then when this time is over, we would have lived for eternity. Forever home will not only be secure, but it'll be a really good home. That's what we're going to really, really live. May God speak to our hearts today. Josiah lived well. He had a very good reign where he lived for God and did all that God wanted him to do. He has to be remembered for that. We must remember him for that. Take the good things. How he ended is something that God will speak to us later on when the Lord leads. That's not our focus. Our focus is how he lived and what God did for him. In the midst of the prophecies that came for the people, the prophecy that came for him was so different. And God says, do you want to live different? Be blessed by God in all things. The Bible says, thus shall a man be blessed. How? His wife is blessed. His kids are blessed. His house is blessed. His grandchildren are blessed. He sees his children's children. He eats the fruit of his labor. And he ends with God after that. That's the way to live. Do you know where it comes from? It comes from fearing God, putting God first. Doing things God's way brings us to a place of true prosperity. Prosperity of the soul, prosperity of the mind, and prosperity of the body. Whatever we have, everything will prosper. According to Psalm 1, whatever he touches will prosper. Who? Who touches? The person who delights in God, who makes God their important person. Priority to God. He takes preeminence in their lives. Such people, whatever they touch will prosper. There's not one thing that they touch will not prosper. God has already spoken to us his word for the coming month. What God is going to do. With what God has spoken, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to Take what God has given to you and hold it close to you. 
make sure you don't drop it. Or you're going to be someone who says, I'm just going to scatter it. Don't be just a hearer of the word. But have ears to hear and be a doer of the word. Today, resolve in your heart and say, Lord, I want to be like Josiah. I want to hear your favor upon me, like how you had upon Josiah. I want to have that peaceful life and peaceful end like Josiah. Where the prophecy was, you will die in peace. Now he cut short his life by giving room to pride. Should have never happened. It didn't have to happen. But all that success and all the wealth and all the favor of God that came, all of a sudden he thought that, hmm, I don't have to listen to anybody. Over here, he's seeking God's counsel. And as long as he sought God's counsel and listened to the counsel that came through, the God-ordained means that God had kept for him, it's going to hold her here. He was doing well. But when he said that, I know everything. I don't have to go here. And did the opposite of what he was told to do. He cut short the blessing that God gave for him. May God help us to understand. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh one rich. He adds no prosperity. He adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh one rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. I want to say one more time. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh one rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. In what way does the blessing of the Lord make a person rich? The soul. The person flourishes. The Bible says, the people who fear the Lord, they'll be like stall-fed calves. They'll go in and out and they'll find pasture. That means they never lack that spiritual food. The soul is like constantly, constantly enjoying the nourishment that comes from God. And it's so healthy. Prosperity. What kind of prosperity is God talking about? What kind of richness? He's talking about the prosperity of the body. God's hand upon his people. What riches is he talking about? The prosperity of the mind. What riches is he talking about? He's talking about the prosperity of the family. Where they are. One, they're growing together. They're loving each other. They're loving God. What prosperity is he talking about? What kind of riches? When you think about riches, always everybody thinks just money. Just mere money will make a person like someone who is dead walking around carrying bags of gold. But a person who is rich in their soul, rich in their minds, rich in their relationships, rich in their health, and then rich materially, will be able to put to use that which God has given, to be able to enjoy all things in the way that God has given in a God-glorifying way. And be a blessing to God, his kingdom, to the lost, to the broken, to the people around. Thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Josiah was a blessed man who feared the Lord as long as he followed God and did what God told him to do. As long as he had no pride in his life, he had everything Because he had the God who had everything.
Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. Everything. 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 Don't go after silver and gold. Let God fix your spiritual lameness. You need to have the legs that walk, that can jump, that can work. Hallelujah. When God fixes those legs, you won't have these occasional $1 and $100. You'll be blessed in all things. Don't be narrow-minded and, and don't live a materialistic life. Or don't be attached to the things of the world. Be attached to God. And the things of the world will come and serve you. It'll serve you to help you accomplish heaven's goal. Hallelujah. To those who don't go after riches, riches will come come following them. The Bible says, those who keep his word, blessings of the Lord, the blessings of the Lord will overtake them. Hallelujah. You should be blessed in your city and you should be blessed outside your city. You should be blessed in your going out and you should be blessed in your coming in. You will be the head and not the tail. You shall lend and not borrow, be above and not beneath. All these blessings shall come and overtake all those who make sure to keep the word of God, to make God their priority. Hallelujah. Father, thank you, Lord, for this night. Thank you for the word that you've given to your people this evening. Lord, you've been so good to us. Thank you for bringing us to the 17th day of this fasting and prayer. Pray that the good hand of the Lord continue to bless your people. Prosper your people. Strengthen your people. Establish your people. And settle your people in your truth. So that they may serve you, the truth. And never serve lies and liar. Who comes to steal, kill and destroy. Hallelujah. Every person here, oh Lord, may their lives be built upon the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ only. Thank you, Father. So bless you, people, Lord. I pray that you will strengthen them in your ways all the more until we see Jesus Christ face to face. Oh, Lord, I pray that each and every single one run so that they may obtain the crown. Run well, Father, that they may finish well. Lord, in Jesus' name, I pronounce your blessing upon your people at this hour. That they may be quick to listen. Quick to act. Be people who follow God's orders. People who will wait on God's instructions. People who will implicitly obey God's instructions. May they seek 
your will for their lives. May they seek your will in all matters. May they turn their hearts towards you wholeheartedly all the time. And be used by you, Lord, to turn the hearts of others around them towards you. May they have your spirit, Lord, like how Josiah did, to listen and to obey and to get the job done. That others may listen to those who listen to you. Hallelujah. With this blessing, I bless them with and I thank you for doing this. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit, rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen.